Hello soulmates. Hello everyone. Happy Wednesday. It is that beautiful time of the week where we go live for our sustainable speaker series. I'm going to be joined by the unbelievably inspiring Athena, who is head of sustainability amongst a million other things at MJ Bale. So we're going to be joined by the incredible team from MJ Bale today. Super excited. We actually don't have a long time with the team. I know that they're swamped and doing a million things today. So we're going to go straight into it. I'm going to invite the team from MJ into the chat and we're going to dive right into this insane conversation. So I'm just... Hey. <laughs> Hi. Hello. 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 It's so good to see your face again. <laughs> yes, I know. We had such a great meeting last time. I was very, very excited to uh, to be jumping on with you today to talk a bit more about everything that we already spoke about privately and share it with um with all of your beautiful soulmates. I know. I wish we recorded it. Like it was such a good conversation. <laughs> I was like, this is the episode. This is it. <laughs> Maybe we should just make that a rule. Like anytime we um we hop on a call together, we just automatically yeah. record just in case. <laughs> well, I know, I know you don't have a lot of time. I'm gonna keep it nice and sweet and to the point for you. But um, for those for those of you joining us and jumping in and just sort of diving into this chat, I'm with the beautiful Athena, which is who is not which is part of the MJ Bale team. I know you are a pioneer personally for sustainability, but you have been doing some insane stuff internally for the MJ Bale team. So other than sustainability, I know you've got a much bigger role there as well. So do you want to just give us a bit of an intro, talk us through who you are, what you do, as well as the other business that you've got going, um, which Amazing. is so inspiring. And just give Thank us a you. bit of a rundown. Yep, sounds good. So I am the sustainability and projects manager over here at Wolf. Not here, working remotely, but over here at MJ Bale. Uh, and with, uh, with MJ Bale, so obviously our sustainability manager, uh, our hat there focuses on absolutely everything sustainability um, that we are doing, which I'm sure I'll save that for when you've got a bit more questions. Uh, my project hat, though, has been primarily focusing on our sort of expansions, which has been incredibly exciting. We've been able to grow during this challenging time, which has been um, really, really great for our team. And so I've been focusing on our store openings across the country, but also previously in a retail ops coordinator role, which meant that I worked really intimately with our retail team. And it's, um, it's with them together as well as our support office that we're going to be able to hopefully uh, be a bit um, world changers and change makers in this space of fashion and sustainability. You definitely are doing that. Like from our initial chat, you pretty much blew me away because, you know, there's surface level stuff. There's stuff that anyone and everyone can do, especially in the industry of fashion. Let's be really bold. Let's make the statement fashion is generally unsustainable. It's fast moving. It's low quality most of the time, especially at the moment. Um, and it's very much wear once, throw in the bin or, you know, it wear and tear sort of concept. But obviously that's not the MJ Bale way. That's not where you guys <laughs> position yourselves firstly, which is phenomenal. Um, but you've done some big stuff. Like this is game changing stuff and I want you to talk us through it. I don't, I'm closing my mouth. You go. <laughs> Amazing. Well, the first obvious one that we are um, really proud to say is that we are officially carbon neutral. We are net zero now, which is very, very exciting. Uh, I cannot take any of the credit. Our team uh, over at MJ Bale um, and particularly our CEO and founder, Matt, um, really led the charge with this. It started uh, two years ago. It's been a two-year journey to get here. 
it's definitely not something that happened overnight, but we set the goal by December 21 to be carbon neutral. And so we were very, very excited uh, earlier in November to announce that we are officially carbon neutral. And it also, we ended up being the Australian's first ever fashion brand to be carbon neutral for uh, both organization and product certified by Climate Active. But I guess the, the real the real story here is although we're super excited to be carbon neutral, we really recognize that it's truly the first step on what we see as an infinite journey when it comes yeah. to sustainability. It's, um, it's a great milestone and we're excited, but we're actually more excited about the hard work and all the other projects that's coming our way. So we uh, recently shared a bit of news around our carbon neutral, uh, sorry, our net zero now wool trial, which was very successful last year. And we got some really promising results from uh, the University of Tasmania, which was fantastic from one of their honor students there. And we're any day now, we're days away from scaling up our carbon neutral wool trial from 50 sheep now to 500. So we're bringing it up to more of a commercial scale and we're really hoping we can get some more farms on the journey. We currently work really intimately with Kingston and Sea Forest uh, for this dream. And our, it's, the reason this really came about was because when we started this carbon neutral journey, at the very beginning, we did a scoping study to see where do our carbon emissions actually lie? You know, you need to know what the true uh, crux of the problem to be able to come up with a solution, right? And so when we did the scoping study, we saw that uh, almost just shy 50% of the emissions when it came to a suit was at farm level. And we were like, well, we can't, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do, but if this is the biggest the biggest part of, of the equation that's what we need to address first and so as we have been in the process and going carbon neutral um matt and our design and production team along with simon cameron at kingston and sam elson at sea forest have been all working together to pioneer this first ever carbon neutral rule and what it is is we feed uh the sheep over at kingston a small bit of seaweed called a sparagopsis and what this seaweed does is it means that to put it really simply the sheep don't fart it has all, it brings their methane down to almost undetectable levels, which is wow. incredible. And especially given that Australia's a huge part of our uh, carbon footprint as a country comes from livestock, uh, whether it's fashion from fibers or whether it's um, meat or the agricultural industry, this is a really huge, uh, huge discovery to find. It was originally found by uh, the CSIRO. So we, uh, we took it to see what about making our wool carbon neutral and so it's um, been an exciting journey and we're hopefully in the process deciding to make it into a product very soon so we'll have a a product that in its nature um is actually carbon neutral that's incredible and i mean okay so many questions <laughs> i'm gonna scale it back for a second the first thing i'm gonna say is for those of us or for those who are viewing or will come and view this later when we say carbon neutral can you explain yourself? Because I understand, yeah, I've done the work, I've done the research, but from a general consumer public, what does that mean? What are, what are we doing by supporting MJ Bell by purchasing this? Because what does that mean, carbon neutral? And then let's talk about that wool project and what that means in a little bit more detail, like in a bit more of an explanation, because I really want people to understand how bloody amazing it is. No, thank you. Of course, that's a really great question. Because, <laughs> you know, carbon neutral is such a, it's a phrase that you hear but what does it mean? And especially around Glasgow, you've been hearing that a lot of businesses or countries set targets for 2030 or 2050. And so really what it means is that you're, uh, to be carbon neutral, there's a balance between the amount of carbon that you are emitting to the amount of carbon that you are pulling out of the atmosphere. And so there are obviously different ways to do it. Obviously, just simply living, it means that we have a carbon footprint. And so the, uh, the first thing that we had to do was actually measure that footprint. What are the emissions as a business that we are producing? Uh, and the fact that we chose to do uh, organization and product means that we also went back through our supply chain. So that's why our products are also carbon neutral because we went and measured the 
footprints of each product and then included that as well as our organization. So once we had an incredible scientist do that job, I will not take credit for any of that work. <laughs> um, he crunched the numbers for us. That, that's his feel. He crunched the numbers for us to finally tell us that we, um, so our total carbon footprint is uh, 11,861 uh, tonnes. And that's the combination okay. of uh, product and organization where our uh, organization footprint is 12% of that and our product is 88%. And so yeah. what we then did from that point in order to uh, be carbon neutral, our first step was to offset in green projects where majority of our offsets are with the Yarra Yarra Biodiversity Corridor over in WA. And we've also investing in two other renewable energy projects in China and India. And our reason for also doing that is because to represent our whole global supply chain, we have supplies in those countries and we want to recognize that our emissions aren't only here, but it's also abroad and take ownership of that. That was the really, I guess, the first step to make us carbon neutral. But, um, you know, when it comes to offset piece for us as a business, the, the real challenge isn't about being carbon neutral, but it's about the reduction strategies that we want to do here on end. We want that number to come down if we can. And if possible, uh, we all, uh, what we also want to focus on is bringing down the average emissions of our each product category and work um, on a really, really, really closely with our design team to consider how can we design products that are more sustainable in not just in carbon footprint, but holistically as well moving forward. And I guess that's where this whole thing comes into with the shape literally yes. involved. I mean, <laughs> for anyone <laughs> watching, when we did our Zoom session, like Athena's background was shape. And the first thing I said was like, you know, that's adorable. They're really cute. Just chilling out behind you. She's like, no, like we know them. Like I know these guys, like they're our sheep. They're our sheep. Um, <laughs> can you talk us through a little bit of that whole conversation that we had and a little bit more detail of what you guys are actually doing that with the farmers? It's, it's pretty amazing. Of course. So we work really, uh, really, really closely with Simon Cameron, who uh, is the founder of Kingston Farm. And we have been long before that we've been working on sustainability. Kingston Farm in itself, I'll do a little shout out to them. They themselves are a carbon positive farm, which is absolutely incredible. That was wow. verified by a third party. And so he was already a pioneer in this space. And he's himself is invested in revegetating the lands as well over there. And so we've been a long time partner uh, with them providing our fibers. But when, when, it, when it came out, from our scoping study that, um, that in fact, there's a lot of emissions at farm level. And when we also found out that the CSIRO, as I mentioned before, discovered that the use of asparagopsis can bring the methane abatement down to almost undetectable levels. Uh, you know, it was a really, it was a no brainer for us to implement this as a trial. And Simon was more than happy to put in what honestly is the absolute hard work at farm level to ensure that the feet are fed, uh, sorry, the sheep are fed the amount of seaweed that's required to get that methane abatement. Uh, and so, uh, we, we, we did a first a 300-day trial, which was fantastic. And we're super excited, as I said before, to scale that up, see if we can bring it to more of a commercial size after having such success with our first round of sheep. I just, like, it's so crazy, like, hearing. It, it sounds like such a simple solution. So why isn't everyone doing it? Like, what's, what's the barrier? What's the issue? Is it a cost thing? Is it, an, like, where does the, the issue come from when it comes to supplying that to the farmers or having that that's, as like accessible that's such a really really good question it i think it's a multi-pronged thing once it's not mainstream it's not a mainstream yeah. way of feeding at the moment uh typically sheep will graze and you might you know add add to their feed with barley or whatnot um but when it comes to this asparagopsis it becomes more ha a hands-on way of, of farming so it's one it's not mainstream but two it's extra work it's yeah. a lot of extra yeah. work uh simon 
uh, and and his and his team down there had to make sure and had to hand mix um, in our trial the asparagopsis with the barley and make sure that all the feet, uh, sheep were fed in a very kind of um, methodical way, I guess, to ensure that they were all getting what they need. And um, uh, since then, one of the biggest changes that we've made with our scale up, of course, aside from growing um, the, the flock by uh, 10 times is the fact that we've changed the method of, uh, of how the asparagopsis is being fed. So originally it was in liquid form, but it had to be mixed with barley. And so that was obviously more time consuming and laborsome. So what we've done uh, is we've worked with sea forest to get them pelletized. Yeah. So the seaweed will be pelletized. So it would be a lot easier to give it to the sheep. But then Simon also pointed out at a recent meeting, well, you get bully sheep. And you get shy sheep. And so some sheep want to eat more of the feed than other sheep. And so uh, we're going to need to, uh, need to monitor how, yeah. how much pellets we give them. We might need to buy extra pellets because we'll have some sheep that want to eat a little bit more because they're a little bit more hungry and they're a bit more aggressive for their food. And, but we need to make sure that the shy sheep are getting uh, their amount of that seaweed as well. So, yeah, so one is, you know, it's not mainstream. Two is, is laborsome. And then three yep. is definitely Rebecca the cost. It, because it yep. isn't mainstream and it really is still in its R&D phase, it's not something that is made at a super cost-effective level when you compare just buying barley or other types of things to feed sheep. Uh, but the good news is that they are start, uh, our sea forests are working on growing their works and there's other organizations that are working in this seaweed space. So hopefully as time goes on and tech develops and uh, the startups get more and more support and also support from government, we should be able to see uh, that hopefully uh, that the agriculture industry in, a in Australia will change and it won't be our leading, uh, our leading, one of our leading reasons for our high, high carbon emissions, but actually be something that is a huge reduction strategy for the country. So um, it's hopefully it will be picked up on, but it's, it's still new and it's like everything new. It takes some time to, to and everyone to come on board the journey. But I think we're getting there, uh, just by sharing the story like this with more people. But I think that's the point, right? It, it's kind of a, a two way street where it's like, yes, you have incredible organizations creating and producing these things, but it requires the brands and the producers to be the responsible thought leaders and pioneers to make those choices and take action because yes it's expensive yes it's an r d phase yes it's a risk but without you guys taking that risk nothing's going to change nothing's going to improve so i think that is so exceptional and i think it really needs to be appreciated and understood that mj bale and team have taken a huge risk as a business to do something that is not mainstream, to take that challenge, to take that risk, to spend the money and to actually make something like this happen. And it doesn't matter if it's not perfect yet, it's the process, it's how you begin, it's the whole journey. And I bloody hope that this inspires all the other brands out there to go, okay, time to get our shit together, <laughs> you know? And and that's exactly what you said. It's um, we're by we by no means think that we're perfect, or we've come up with the perfect product, or we've got the solution. Yeah. We don't. We're you know this is honestly such a huge learning curve for us. As I said, mm -hmm. we don't know if the sheep are going to like these pellets. You know, yeah. <laughs> we need to see if they like it or not. And so there's right. so many parts about this that's such a huge learning curve. And I guess the biggest thing for us is where we want to be really open about that journey and what that looks like uh, with, with all of our customers. Because as we learn, we want to share with them and share with also the wider fashion community. And hopefully, you know, there's, I think there's a true power in collective power and coming together and sharing our knowledge because we all learn, um, 
by, by trialing different things. And if we can share our learnings across all of our experimentation phases, hopefully, um, the, you know, a company that goes next or tries next just fails a little less than us. And we can slowly start to perfect <laughs> yeah. the recipe together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and that's the only way all of us can grow and all of us can keep making those more innovative, better decisions. But um, are you allowed to talk about the other stuff that's coming? Or are you, do you have space and capacity to share anything? Or, <laughs> or I do, I can share. No, I can share a couple more things, definitely. Uh, something that we haven't yet uh, shared to, uh, fully to out to our customers, but I can definitely give a nice glimpse is uh, a part of those reduction strategies that we hinted at. One of the big ones that um, I have to admit, we thought was going to be an easy win and it wasn't. And it just shows what the challenges are on this journey was going to renewable energy and making that switch for all of our retail stores. Uh, and so we are, we're, we've worked really closely with our landlords and providers and we've got some news coming up. But what I can say is we have started to switch them over. Our support office is already 100% um, green powered. And we're also switching over all of our stores to 100% renewable energy as well. And so um, it's funny because, you know, we thought it was going to be as simple as we send an email, we flick a switch, we have renewable power. <laughs> that is not the case. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is not the case at all, but we are... We're taking it over. Uh, I believe from the top of my head, we've almost hit 50% of our stores are 100% renewable powered. And so we are, we are definitely well on our way. And we also really want to work really collaboratively with our concession partners as well, because we also exist in both uh, Myers and David Jones and encourage them on that same journey. Uh, because we know it's not easy. I personally know it's been one of my little projects. Uh, and it is literally about speaking to every single individual center and energy provider and landlord at that one place across all of them to see yeah. what's possible. So uh, that's one of our big ones. Yeah. So in total in our network, we are going, we will all, sorry, we have uh, 68 stores across wow. our, uh, both our concession and standalone. And uh, so the concession's about 20 off the top of my head and the rest are, uh, we've got uh, 47 or 46 standalone stores. So those Amazing. are the ones that we can, we can make the switch for. So we've been crunching thumbs and doing the work and we're really hoping to have that 100% renewable powered very, very soon. That is our goal. So that's one of our big reduction strategies. Um, as I mentioned, we're, we're scaling up that uh, carbon neutral wool trial, our net zero um, emission wool, which can be very exciting. We've got some exciting partnerships to share with who's going to be transforming the, the fiber into uh, a product very soon as well hopefully hitting markets next year uh, what else do we have we've got we're working on a whole bunch of things we uh, we would love to continue our work and expand our work with the moving the needle initiative for those of you that don't know for any gents that might be watching or or any partners that know that you've got a gent with a a suit there that he hasn't quite worn recently uh, please come into our stores with your suits we'll take any pre-loved suit not just an mj bale one and we work with the moving the needle which is a um spearheaded by Red Cross with a few other organizations and we help to uh, donate those suits so they can give them a second life and with your donation you also get a discount off your next MJ Bell purchase so it's a win-win for everyone and let's avoid those suits ending up in landfill so there's yeah a whole whole ton of projects that we have uh, that we are working on and I guess it's just showing us that from one thing uh, so many other things can grow and we're we're just looking at what all those options are you know, we want to consider things like fashion waste as well. We want to obviously work on reducing our carbon footprint. Uh, there's, you know, opportunities for uh, textile recycling. So, you know, anyone that's also watching this, that's also on that same journey or anyone that has any advice or have any connections there, please reach out because this really is, uh, as I said, a learning curve for us and really for everyone in the fashion industry. So if we can share our resources and, you know, become better inventors and innovators together, 
then it really will be of, of benefit. So, so many things happening over on our end, <laughs> but it's very so exciting. There's so many. And, and I know I appreciate how busy you are, especially today. I know you've got a lot going on. And I think, I mean, so many questions, so many things we can talk about. Go, but I just no, that's fine. We're on a roll. <laughs> so feel free to continue. I, I want to make sure that you're really sharing as much as you can to express how unbelievable of a process and a journey it is because I, I want to keep reiterating in all of these speaker series that I host that nothing's simple and nothing's perfect and nor does it have to be. And it's a process, it's a journey and people need to, like consumers need to, be part of the process. I think that's the that's the key to this here is that the more transparent we are as brands, as producers to our consumers of the journey, of the experience, of the road bumps, of the, the issues, the safer we all feel to know that we're really trying as hard as we can to just keep improving and keep changing and keep innovating. And I love everything that you guys are doing, even from a micro level, even just getting reusable coffee cups for your employees i mean that's that's where it started that's how we started that's where it started i i know i know for a fact how many coffees my support office team will go through and if any of them are watching they're like yeah i think i had two today and we're gonna get rid of those coffee cups we're gonna go fully to reusable and i think i was actually just saying rebecca i think i'm gonna have a spare little bucket of, 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 your, of the cups there just in case. Um, so if anyone's forgotten it, they can still take that one and borrow it for the day. Uh, but definitely, and that's the thing, it, we do have so many small things, you know, touch points for customers that are really great as you, um, our design and production team worked on switching over all of our packaging to be as eco-friendly as possible. So they're all made of recycled materials or any uh, ink that we print is made of soy-based inks and, you know, any paper that we do have is um, FSC certified. So there's all those other, as you said, little projects that like little things. sometimes yeah. that people don't notice or my, one of my big ones. Uh, so if anyone in, in our retail teams are seeing this, they know one of my big ones is I'm really over business cards. So we're, we're getting rid of business cards and we're working with social dot and they're about to hit our stores any day now. And they're sending us what will be a tappable business card and it pops up on your phone. So it's okay. using the age of tech and it's great because all I could think of every time I bought someone a deck of business cards was whose washing machine is this going to end up in the bottom of? Because I've picked up a business card, popped it in my pocket and then gone, where did it go? And then it ends up in the bottom of my washing load when I pull it out of the machine. Um, and so it's all these little things that we, yes. are, that we are working on as well. As well. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up because I think no, if, it's so important. Yeah, it's so, so important to talk about the little things. Yeah. Like it is unfreaking believable to do the big things because they take time. That's the long game. That's the long term stuff that you go, we're going to do the research, do the work, spend all that love and energy focusing on. But the little stuff matters too. It's a recycling program internally in your stores. It's, we were talking about it in our meeting, you know, getting rid of printable receipts and making it digital only yes. to email. Working on that one. <laughs> yeah, you are. Realize how hard that is. Oh my goodness. I had a meeting with our tech team. He's like, we can't just turn it off. It turns out it goes to this and then that. So watch this space, everyone, customers. Soon we're getting rid of your receipts as soon as I can make it happen. No more paperless receipts. But you're, you're totally right, Rebecca. These little things yeah. They seem little, but people, I guess it's really important to share that there's so much work that goes into to, to making that change because it is really about changing the way we do business. And that's been the challenge for us is sustainability is now truly becoming a part of the MJ Bell brand and the way we do business. But it also means that there's lots of change and it's requiring adaptation and asking questions that we didn't know we had to ask before and we don't always know what the answer is going to be. Um, 
but it's been yeah it's been a great you know what the moral of that story is it there might be road bumps but you can't be afraid to ask and you can't be afraid to push and find new roads because i mean that's why you're part of the team right that's your entire sort of core purpose in your role obviously you've got a million other jobs and a million other responsibilities (laughs) obviously not taking away from that but something that's so inspiring and special about you is it doesn't matter um what you've got going on in your core in your like value system you're like i'm gonna figure this out (laughs) i'm gonna push i'm gonna talk to who i need to talk to i'm gonna ask a million questions and i'm gonna make it happen and i think that's something anyone and everyone who works in an office should take note of that doesn't matter what you do who you work for what job you have you have a voice and you can make an impact and you can make change happen with consistency and time i i 120 believe in that because i guess the one thing that i've really come to realize is ever since i started talking about sustainability and just going all gung-ho passionate i'm very open i call myself um a naively ambitious do-gooder and I, I choose to wear that hat because I think it's an important one to wear uh, as especially as we we get older and we see all all the challenges and all the issues in the world especially when it comes to climate action climate change and the environment it's easy to let it get you down but if you can speak about how you know how one person can start to incite that change and ever since um I just brought up sustainability as a, as a more of an active conversation or a conversation that I like to have. The amount of conversations I've had with my colleagues on it has been so exciting. And sometimes I'll just get a random text on a Saturday being like, hey, Athena, look at this page that I found. And it's exciting to see other people get excited. And I truly believe in the power of talking and sharing passions. And when it comes to making a difference, I truly believe in the power of one. I had to learn very young that... Um, yes, one person can't change the world. I've learned that, <laughs> but one person can change their part of the world. And if that one person does that in their community and can pass that message on, then they will reach, I say five people. And then those five people got to another five people. And all of a sudden we've got 10 people and then the spread, it just grows and it's an exponential growth. And I think when it comes to the fashion industry, we are scared to say that fashion is bad for the environment we are we get scared to say that you know as you said you know when when you're encouraging sales how does that how does that work when it comes to fashion and clothing but the thing is business growth in the fashion industry and doing good for the environment doesn't need to be mutually exclusive there is a way that we can create a system and an ecosystem that benefits each other we can be symbiotic if we put our heads together and ask the difficult questions and when we see a challenge rather than run away you know Yes, sometimes we can't always go over, but maybe we can go around or we can go under. Or sometimes we have to go straight through to work it out. And literally. I think if we can, yeah, literally through sometimes. And I think if we do that, then we'll slowly, you know, we don't have the answers now. If anyone were to ask some of the big questions, I wish we had the answers. But what I know is that we will one day by, by us going on that same journey. And I think, yeah, if we can, if, if one person in a, in a team can start bringing up these conversations and it's, it's not easy. Change doesn't happen overnight, but it's, it just takes one, one conversation that, that leads on. And uh, honestly, I'm, I'm so inspired by our CEO and founder, Matt, because when I started talking to him about it, when, when he offered me this opportunity to look after sustainability, I couldn't have jumped any higher and I couldn't have gotten <laughs> any more excited like at all in my body um, because he got, he gave me the opportunity 
to be paid to do good. And that I honestly thought, I believe is a blessing. And so every time he picks up the phone with a new idea, I get so excited. I'm like, yes, Matt, we will find a way <laughs> to do this because, you know, yes, it might be crazy. And I'm, you know, I might not make it happen tomorrow. Or the team might not be able to achieve it in a week, but it's, it's an exciting time to be in this space because if you're willing to take on this next chapter and go on this journey, yes, it's a never ending one, but that's also the exciting part about it that yeah you're always learning you're always doing you're always learning yeah I just I just need to I need to highlight what you said because honest to god if you watch every episode we've ever filmed of this series I, I talk about the power of one like this is the the reoccurring conversation it has happened with every single person to date and what what I want to push and focus on here is you're in a you have an opportunity as the size of brand you are to be that power of one, like to actually stand up very tall in a very crowded space and go, it doesn't matter what size business you're at. It's possible. Like you are, you are physically being the, like the thought leaders, you're being the activists in this moment by doing everything you're doing. And again, no one's perfect. It's not going to be perfect overnight. But you're getting off your asses and you're actually doing the hard work to figure it out. And it started with you. It started with one person, one conversation in a big old team with a lot of corporate stuff, but it's possible, but it just takes consistency and passion. And there are, there are a lot of good people in this world who are passionate and excited and willing. It just, it needs that one gorgeous human to go, Hey, <laughs> Go get and your that's the thing. Up. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. you know around you now. I think the biggest the biggest thing when when this when this journey started, um, admittedly before before I got there, uh, for for Matt it was when we had the bushfires. It's almost been two years yeah. since yeah. since that crisis, and it was a wake up call for Australia. But we can't forget those moments in our history that have shown us that the environment is changing, and she isn't okay. And, but we can help her. We can, we can, we don't need to be so harmful. And that was the, that was the turning point for Matt. And he chose to hold on to that and, and push the business into a different direction. And it's easy for us to go, Ooh, no, 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 that's too big. That's too hard. Let's, let's not worry about it and to, to push it away. But I think it's important when, when you see something and when it does hit you to, to hold on to that and to, to move it forward, because by, by Matt and, and, and as you said, by Matt and MJ Bell doing this now, um, it's exciting to be a thought leader in this. But the one thing that we've both um, really agree on is being a leader isn't about being first. Being a leader is about inspiring action in those around us. And so the one thing that I was, I was so, so proud to be, um, to be working with Matt was when he said, I want to be open source about our journey to carbon neutral. I really want to be as open source as possible. I want any brand that reaches out to us to say, how did you get this? Can you help me? We want to help them because we believe that it doesn't need to take them two years or it doesn't need to take them as much money or the journey doesn't need to be as complex because we've done it now. And so maybe we can give them some tips to make it that little bit easier because when it comes to sustainability and if we, if we, you know, at the moment, a big focus is on um, being carbon neutral because obviously we're trying to keep that one point five degrees um and that's what we've all you know agreed on now the time to act on that and so when it comes to that piece it's really not just about one not, not only about one person or one brand but we believe that we, we can do this together and you know uh, arguably 
we have to. Yeah, we, it can't, yeah, if, we do. If, if it's to. not together, then it's not authentic. It's not about sustainability. It's about power. And it's about showing face. That's not what sustainability is. At the end of the day, it's not about business and profit and success. It's about the planet. And if you can combine the two, that's bloody amazing. But you have to, you have to share it. You have to be that open source, as you've said. And how unbelievably inspiring. I, I hope that we can get you and Matt on next time. Yes, let's definitely And we can learn a little that. bit more. <laughs> Because I just feel like this is such a big conversation. There's so much to talk about. And I know you've got to leave me in a minute. So, <laughs> but That is so fun. I, you know what? So maybe fun. we should um, we should try to tee this up maybe when we're next on the farm. And then have, yeah. the, have the sheep finally bring join us sheep. on call. I'm coming <laughs> though. I, I think I need to be on the farm with you. <laughs> you know, but we can make this happen. We can make, and that, that's one of the, the beauties of, of being so close. Um, and something that Matt has been super, super proud about is he always wants to be really close with farm level. And it's because we have those relationships that we've been able to already partner with some incredible, you know, farms, incredible businesses and social enterprises and startups that are already supporting us on this journey. But, um, just to say thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me on today and for being one of our supporters uh, on the side. It's we're going to get all of MJ Bell off their coffee cups and into reusable cups, which is already <laughs> a, already a great win. I know how much we love our coffee over at MJ Bell. So thank you for helping us with all of that. And thank you for just being also a champion and sustainability leader for, for us within Australia and within the community because it's these conversations that, that excite me even more that I'm sure excite you. And I know when we, when people like us can sit together and bring our energy forward, I think um, it makes us want to do more. I'm, I already feel like I need to go call Matt and have a big brainstorm <laughs> session already just off the back of this. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm, I'm just so happy we connected and I'm so happy we keep having these amazing conversations and I hope we can spend so much more time together. I'm, I'm going to love you and leave you. I know you're in a rush, but honestly, thank you always for your time and we can't wait to see what happens next. Please keep us updated. We will, we will. Thank you. And thank you for now joining us also on this infinite journey, but we're, we're feeling very, very joined by our community. So thank you for being a part of that with us as well. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you, Athena. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.